1963, US President John F. Kennedy gave a speech in West Berlin, considered the best-known anti-communism proclamation of the Cold War. The president ended his speech with a phrase in German to indicate solidarity with the residents of West Berlin. All, all free men, wherever they may live, are citizens of Berlin. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Berliner. From this phrase sprang an urban myth based on the idea that Kennedy's German was incorrect. He wanted to say that, as a free man, the proudest statement he could make was to say that he was, figuratively, a citizen of Berlin. But the indefinite article, Ein, should have been left out, as in, Ich bin Berliner. By leaving it in, that sentence changes, according to this myth, because a Berliner is a popular jelly-filled pastry in Germany. And so, Ich bin ein Berliner meant that the leader of the free world was comparing himself to a donut. The Ich bin ein Berliner Schnafu might seem to be a one-in-a-million coincidence that a German food item was named after a city. But 357 kilometers from Berlin is the German capital, Frankfurt. Pop an ER on the end of that, and you get Frankfurter, the sausage that goes in a hot dog. Two cities, two foods. Still not convinced about German cities and iconic foods? In 1977, footballer Kevin Keegan left the freshly minted European champions Liverpool for a record 500,000 British pounds, to go to a team in the second largest city in Germany, Hamburg. I wonder what famous food was invented there. I'm Ken Delbridge. This is the Singapore foodie season of the Know or Not podcast. Google says hamburgers were invented in the 18th century because there is a recipe from 1758 for a Hamburg sausage to be served on toasted bread. A standard hamburger would mean ground meat cooked as a patty served in a bun, which technically makes hamburgers part of the sandwich family. Like sandwiches, you can change the filling of a burger to something like turkey, chicken, fish, even veggies. And how you garnish your burger is up to you. In 1979, the first McDonald's in Singapore opened at Liat Towers. Many people who were kids in the 80s will tell you that McDonald's is the first burger they ate. But in 2020, the options for hamburgers in Singapore boggles the mind. In our foodie season, we're still seeking out the culinary artists and artisans, and my search for a true hamburger artist in Singapore has brought me to Ham Bao Bao. A quick side note, you're going to hear some delightful toddler noises during this interview. It's the chef's daughter. Okay, let's talk burgers. There's plenty of places in Singapore that can whip up a standard burger for you. But if you're after something a little more inventive and a whole lot more innovative, then Chef Ryan is your guy. I'm Ryan, and uh, I make burgers. 
<laughs> yeah. Burgers are undergoing a renaissance in Singapore. The 2008 opening of DB Bistro, Michelin-starred chef Daniel Bouloud's outlet at the Marina Bay Sands, crystallized the burger market here. His famed DB Burger, the world's most expensive burger when it was launched in the year 2000, was a French twist on an American classic and heralded the Atas burger craze. Hambao Bao is a uniquely Singaporean answer to this, perfectly blending Asian culture in the format of the humble burger. I don't understand why it's getting as crazy as it is. If you just put beef and cheese into a burger and maybe some ketchup, you probably get as much flavor as you want from it. It probably tastes quite good. It's funny how much work goes into it from the produce right to the finish. So when you bite into a burger, right, sometimes you just don't get the full flavor compound that you want. The beef, the tomato, the pickle, the sweetness, the sour, the beefy flavor. And then it's so hard to find that perfect oomph to it. And while you can run a joint selling traditional burgers, Singaporeans are well known to get hyper-enthusiastic over anything trendy in food. If you've lived in Singapore over the last two decades, you already know this to be true. Think bubble tea, beer papa, Korean fried chicken, and pretty much anything with truffle. For burgers, the space occupied by the fast food chains came under attack. People also are pretty sick of the usual players, you know, they want something new. And burgers are a really good way to bring across something that's from America. We always look at like movies, we look at like shows, and we always see them eating these massive burgers and people enjoying it so much. I guess, you know, that resonates throughout Singapore and uh, people like the idea of it. Hambabao's menu has just five burgers. Three are familiar to Singaporeans, classic beef burger, fish burger, and a spicy pulled pork burger, but all done with a strong focus on elevating the taste experience. And as brilliant as Hambabao's take on those classics were, it was their two other burgers that got them the most attention. The first Asian burger they did was a crispy pork belly burger. The pork belly burger came about when we were also trying to set up shop. My in-laws were running this canteen thing and then we decided, okay, why don't we try to take over the kitchen for one day and try to sell char siu siu. And then we messed around with siu yolk and then we were like, okay, you know, it's not that hard to do, but it's not easy either. Like to get the, the skin to a point that it's really crispy, it takes a lot of time. And it also takes a particular focus on using the best possible ingredients. A few years down after opening Hambaba, we realised what it took to make that burger. And it all brought down to, once again, produce. When you watch like Chef's Table and all that kind of stuff, you wonder why they focus so much on produce. But that's more or less the essence of food. Where your food comes from and what you want to do. Their second Asian burger was the one that put Hambaobao on the culinary map in Singapore, the Ayam Bakluwak burger. I came up with the idea of the Bakluwak burger. That was because I said, if we're going to start something, we need something that first of all catches the media. So at that point in time, Bakluwak was really trending throughout the newspapers. So every other week or something, you see some write-up about traditional Pranakan dishes and stuff like that. So when we opened, true enough, we got media attention within six months. Like, people just enjoyed the idea of something new. Buah keluar, but no! That's, that's where Fusion should just stop. 
Not everyone was thrilled or even intrigued. That's Sebastian Sim, co-host of Muck on Minutes, the first local food review show to hit critical mass. He's more of a purist and no fan of fusion. But Ham Babal's Baklawak Burger was a huge hit. Queues for the burger were stretched to two hours, with many customers ordering and coming back later to collect. The core of the burger is baklawak, a Piranican dish which is labour-intensive to make. A lot of people uh, don't want to do the dish anymore because it's either too hard or from scratch is really too much work. Just to deal with the flesh itself, you have to soak it and then break open the nut, stuff the flesh back into the nut and yeah. cook it in a stew. Peranakan is technically a mixture of like Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore and then you have this like collision of flavours, ideas, this culture that was created in our grandparents' days, where they turn curries into something more mild but unique tasting. Technically, it has evolved a lot since then. And we only rely on our grandparents' recipes to recreate those dishes. Ryan mentions Candle Nut, a Michelin-starred restaurant by chef Malcolm Lee that celebrates Peranakan cuisine. Most of us, you know, we enjoy eating it, but to us, selling it, we find that it doesn't appeal very well with Singaporeans in a large sense. So even Malcolm from Candlenut, he did Boakalot ice cream with a mixture of chocolate and he got ice cream out of that. And then it sparked something controversial that people would say, oh, it's not the flavour I'm looking for, it's not something I want to look for. But if you don't create something new from traditional flavours, right, people lose interest. And then the tradition gets lost along the way and then no one really thinks about it anymore. When I was growing up, I always saw that Pranakan restaurants close down really quickly. Somehow or another, they just can't sustain it because there's either too much work or there's manpower issues, you know, rental is high. So in that sense, it kind of gets lost quite quickly. If you're now intrigued by Han Baobao's offerings and can't wait to taste their burgers, there are two things I haven't told you yet. The first is that Ham Baobao has never been a traditional restaurant. It's a hawker stall. In the press, Chef Ryan was labelled a hawkerpreneur. Half hawker, half entrepreneur. I don't necessarily agree. I'm more or less what you call a hawker, right? Where you start one shop, stay dedicated to it, and just do what you do every day. Right, you start one chakritao shop, people love it, get a long queue there, and then there's just basically hawker life. Hawkerpreneur is like people who do something, they replicate it across a few stalls, and uh, they probably even have a central kitchen. So it's, to me, it doesn't kill hawker culture. It's just the way that things are moving forward. It's a fair thing to have, you know what I mean? It's easier to run, not in the sense of manpower, but monetarily, like financially, it's just, easier to do it if you have something that's easily replicated. Hawker culture is a part of Singapore life, where hawker centres are the place where Singaporeans of all ethnicities and cultures go to mingle and eat. Hawker culture, I guess, resonates within my generation. I was born in 1989, so I grew up in a private estate that was literally near a hawker centre and a community that thrived within that hawker centre. And when they pulled it down, no one even bother to talk to each other anymore because no one met each other. It was a patch of green grass 
and there was no more community spirit in that neighborhood anymore. To me, hawker culture actually exists in a sense that it does bring a community together and you get to really enjoy food that you love that, that is specific to that place. It's like when a hawker center moves, like disappears, your hawkers also more or less disappear. They either stop, they move to somewhere else, don't succeed there because they don't have the same customers and they already have established stalls there. You kind of lose that hawker culture along the way as you tear down hawker centers, as you build up some and it gets very modernized. Yeah, there is such a thing as hawker culture, it's just that it's not the same anymore. The other thing that I haven't mentioned is that Hambabao's hawker store closed in November of 2019 after a five-year run at Beauty World. Chef Ryan and his wife made thousands of burgers over the five years of Hambabao, but it was one particular bun in the oven that changed everything. Well, so I got a baby and then... <laughs> And uh, my wife, more or less, throughout her term, she was working as well. Yeah, so about eight and a half months, she was still working with me. And she only took less than two weeks, 10 day break before the baby came out. After the maternity break, we came back and then we opened in January. She was born in October, we opened in January. So after that, I guess it just got a bit unbearable for my wife. Her hands were peeling, you know, because we wash our dishes ourselves. Work environment just wasn't right anymore for her. And I guess when we started the shop, we told each other, you know, it was a bit ambitious, but we told each other, like, if we reach five years, we're going to consider whether or not, you know, it, it moves on or we stop it there first, right? I said, you know, if you really cannot take it, we'll just end it, you know, and then she got a better job, more comfortable. This is the arrangement now. It's just, it's just life, I guess, you know. Yeah, a child comes along and uh, circumstances come into play. A lot of people speculate, oh, is it rental? Is it like uh, some circumstance? But it's, it's more of like a decision for us. I think family comes first. And then, you know, whatever is, in the end, it's just for you to make money, right? Passion is passion. Making money is making money. And you just need to balance it out. If you continue like working for your passion all the time and then you lose sight of the other things, that's where you see other things start to fall apart and it's not going to be good for you. Chef Ryan has a few ideas he's working on and until those plans come to fruition, think of Hambabao as being on an extended break. Until then, as burger lovers in Singapore, we can all proclaim, Ich bin ein Hamburger. Thanks for listening to the Singapore Foodie Season on the No One Not Podcast. It was produced and hosted by me, Kendall Bridge. Hambabao social media is still active. Swipe on the cover art of this podcast to see show notes and links, or visit our website, noonot.com. Subscribe via your podcast app to be notified when new episodes are out. Singapore is in phase two of its reopening and many F&B outlets are open again with social distancing in place. Please do keep supporting our local artisanal food makers, eateries and hawkers. And whenever you're out, remember to wear a mask and practice social distancing. Stay safe, stay healthy and enjoy good food. <laughs>